I think, you know, this idea that all couples counseling is to rip, to keep the couple together actually is mm-hmm. not a fair one. Welcome to Wellness Curated. This is Anshu Bahanda. And today we've come to you with something which is a little bit crazy, quite difficult, and a very, very sensitive topic. We're going to be talking about intimacy after infidelity. Now, this is a topic that I have discussed with friends and family over the years. People very close to me have suffered greatly. And, you know, very often I say to people that there's only two people who know what's going on in a relationship. And that is the two people in the relationship. There is though a close third, and that is their therapist. And in that light, we've got you three wonderful, very qualified ladies to talk about this topic. We have Anvita Madan Behel, who is a Columbia University educated psychosexual and relational therapist. We have Aili Sagetti, who is a relationship reinvention specialist. And we have Cassandra Delapia, who is a psychotherapist. Welcome to the chat, ladies. I am going to start with Cassandra. Cassandra, explain to us what your work involves, how you go about it. Just give us an idea. Mm-hmm. So um, the work that I do with couples specifically um, is uh, a four-step process. I call it the love restorer method. And it's it's really about, um, first of all, clarifying what is the vision, the specific vision and the specific agreements that you need between the couple. Because, you know, whatever is the, the model of relationships that we, that we are sold doesn't necessarily work for the people involved. So we really have to get clear on, who are the people in it? What do they actually want? What agreements support them in order so that they can thrive individually? Then we need to get to the place of understanding and appreciating their differences. And that can be male, female differences. I mean, you know, very informed by Tantra in my work. So how, what are the different needs, the different desires, and how can we make those differences work together in a way that the whole is more than the sum of the parts? Then it's about building the goodwill in the relationship. And then step four is about reigniting a passionate connection because a lot of the issues in relationships are often due to sexual incompatibility. That sounds incredible, actually. Love your four-step process. Aili, tell us, what do you do? So I'm a a relationship reinventionist. Uh, I'm a somatic sex coach uh, and uh, a dating coach as well. Um, I get usually couples who don't, um, you know, whose uh, desires are not really matching or people who've stopped having sex or people who've gone through an affair and struggle Mm -hmm. with intimacy. So often I ask to take uh, a break, uh, maybe living far away from each other or just not spending so much time together. And after the break, we look at everything from fresh, from scratch. Uh, especially because often people have not really looked at what is it that uh, drives their sexual life or the, the erotic uh, selves. And uh, usually there is a, there's a 
you know, one month sort of uh, process of workshops and individual sessions and couple sessions where we experiment uh, with physical touch, with uh, words, with kind of actions. And um, because there's been a rupture in the relationship, usually there are some breaks in between where people actually release energy. I use uh, neurodynamic breath work to help them release uh, if there is any any kind of uh, pain or resentment or anger, crying, etc. So that happens in between the sessions. Very interesting again. And Anvita, thank you for being back on Wellness Curated. We've done a whole bunch of wonderful podcasts. I know we've talked about gender. We've talked about intimacy on a podcast. We've talked about mental health. So thank you for coming back. And my question for you is, how do you approach couples who are struggling with intimacy? Uh, people think intimacy is just, you know, that it's just warmth or affection or something. But you really need to work on it. You need to make a conscious effort uh, to bring an intimacy back. You know, it might be the small touches. It might be the small words. It might be uh, big discussions. It could be things. But it is about reigniting what might have got lost. Um, and I, at some level, feel... Maybe having sex one-off might be easier, but actually bringing mm -hmm. intimacy might be really much be much tougher in some ways. Actually, Anvita, that's such, uh, I mean, that's so insightful what you've said, because I'm going to go into it later. But, you know, that this thing about what is intimacy, Eileen, so let's get into a situation where someone comes, a couple comes to you and says that they're having an issue. So let's take a case study of a couple, you know, same sex, different sex, whatever. They come to you and say that there is an issue in their relationship. Will you talk us through the process that you go through? I know you briefly told us what you do, but mm -hmm. just talk us through the process. It takes a lot of time for uh, emotional repair. So you will start with body work that it's just about cuddling for example, or just holding hands. How does it feel? What are the emotions that come up? So there are uh, sessions just, you know, on taking it slowly, on taking it really mm -hmm. slow. Um, sometimes, for example, I use the wheel of consent. So you just go by touching a hand and the issues, the trust issues that come up just with a hand touch are immense. So there, there is a lot of breaking down. There's a lot of release and crying. And that's when you have to go back to a talk-based uh, therapy method. And then again, you go into the body and you see what happens to the body. So if, uh, mm, let's say, uh, the, uh, the wife was the one who's been cheating. So I will ask the, the man or the husband, how, where would you want her to touch you and how? And if there's any emotions that come up during that touch, what are the emotions? And then we discuss emotions. So it's very baby step kind of approach till the point uh, where in front of me, the couple would go to um, maybe kissing or holding tightly or maybe doing pleasure mapping, which would involve not them being naked, but some parts exposed. And how does that feel? What kind of emotions come up when this, you know, when you are touching her in this way? There are certain breathing exercises that we do to settle, to ground ourselves. 
there is a lot of reassurance that we ask from the partners because most of the time what we need to hear when we've been cheated on, let's say it's that, uh, you know, that we are still loved and the person is mm -hmm. working towards something. Yeah. And Ali, you, you made a very insightful comment just now when you said cheating or betrayal, because betrayal is not always physical. I mean, I hear of a lot of people who feel sometimes where one partner has felt betrayed by the other partner, and it might be something to do with their family. So thank you. Thank you for that. Cassandra, tell me, how often do you come across situations where people are trying to do, trying to get back after infidelity? And how do you deal with this same case study that I was asking mm -hmm. Eileen about, where a couple comes and says, one of us has cheated, help us. Yeah. I mean, with a love restorer, it's like, uh, it's very much couples who are either in crisis or couples who feel like, you know, they're, they're, they're feeling stagnant and they know they're kind of at risk. The very first step is uh, really like, how do you frame what happened? Because the greatest temptation is that the, the person who has cheated is bad person and I always say to people, you have one of two choices. You can either blame and punish your partner for what they've done, or you can repair your relationship, but you can't do both. And the understanding that I suggest is that it is not, it's not the fault of the person who has been cheated on, but it is a symptom of what actually where the relationship was at before it happened. And one thing I'd like to add is it really also requires complete honesty. The honesty to be really real about who you are. What do you really need to thrive in this relationship? What do you need to be fulfilled? And that curiosity of really wanting to learn how to love your partner well. And, and what I mean with that is like learn to love and express love in a way that it really gets to your partner. Like they really recognize it. Because in, in, in relationships where there is such a rupture, like there's a cheating or an incident like that, it's normally because there is something, something that was missing. And there is a, a kind of a level of fear about asking for that to happen in the relationship. So there's often a lack of honesty with self and the partner that comes before. And often like, you know, one person goes out to cheat. But often, like, that's predated by another person, the other part of feeling like they didn't receive something and therefore them withdrawing internally, right? So it's often right. it's a co-created dynamic and it's the right. cheating is, is a kind of a very useful piece of information about the state of the relationship not being where it could be. And if you frame it like that, you can work together at repairing mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. if you insist on there as like one victim and one one perpetrator, it's incredibly mm -hmm. hard to come back from that. So you'll say that the problems probably existed beforehand. And yes. the infidelity, and I can see all of you nodding, and the infidelity was is just something, like you said, just another thing that happened. It's but the it's, symptom, it, not the it's cause. It's the symptom, not the cause, yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay, so Anrita, just coming to a cheating scenario with you. So say one person has cheated. Now, you know what you see in movies, what you see in books, or typically what you hear from people is that the party being cheated upon blames the other person. 
But there is also a situation where the, the guilty party either struggles with intimacy or uh, they are trying to overdo things with the partner. So they'll go and buy them, you know, a diamond ring or they will be over intimate or over touchy feely in, uh, in public sometimes with a partner to try and cover up for that. So I'm going to build on what Cassandra was saying um, with this idea that, you know, we always see ruptures as um, things. So so what Cassandra was talking about, and we've spoken about this before, Anshu, is this idea of circular causality. So there's not somebody, one is to blame and yeah. one is it, but there's something that the dance in the relationship, um, yes. if one is pushing, one is pulling. So it's it's the dance that is not working, right, in some ways. So both parties are involved. The other person might have not cheated or gone outside the relationship, but they might have um, withdrawn or they might have taken away sex from the relationship or they might have taken away intimacy from the relationship. So now, you know, so you might have this dichotomy in the relationship mm -hmm. where one person has withdrawn, uh, but they're not seen as the bad people because they didn't cheat, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but the person who actually went outside the relationship is the cheater, like, or the betrayer in some ways. Um, so, but for the relationship to come back together and for repair to happen, we need to see this dynamic. Um, and it can be, it can be really tough on the per person who has acted out because those societal norms of, yes. you know, he cheated, there was, or she cheated, and let's not make it gender specific. Anybody can do it. And yes, um, yes. And we, what we know is, most times affairs are found out because the person wants the other person to find out. You know, before doing this chat, I had a conversation with a lot of people. And one person said this and it really stuck in my brain. And I think all three of you have touched on this. So what is intimacy actually? So there's sexual intimacy or sex, there's, you know, and it's easier to go back to having sex. But then there is emotional intimacy intimacy. So how do you help people build back that emotional int intimacy? Because that's the one that's really hard. So uh, I'll give you my personal uh, example. So I, I mean, I was married to a compulsive liar. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm still married to one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I went through, uh, I mean, he, he had an affair and uh, we both believe that we were in some kind of romantic monogamous relationship, which is what uh, I, I started questioning afterwards. Like, is it the cheating or is it actually the system that has some loopholes? You mm -hmm. know, are there people going uh, cheating on each other or is it the system that is slightly not so realistic, like monogamy in general, romantic monogamy? So um, my personal experience was like, okay, now I, if the person is lying to me or if they are having an affair, does it really matter to me when I am addressing my needs? If the person is fulfilling my needs, if I'm able to communicate my needs, does it really matter? I mean, obviously you have to move away from that whole victim uh, perpetrator yes. 
mode first and that that's priority and some people never move out from it and it's sometimes you just have to accept it that this is how it is so cassandra you know at wellness curated we always try and give people tools that they go back with that help them mm-hmm. you know in this half an hour podcast can you give us some tools which will help people with intimacy after infidelity i'm a great believer that you know sometimes it's just about knowledge and we're just not taught how to be with each other physically intimately sexually emotionally how we are meant to be with each other in a way that works and how to bridge the gap between one and the other so if i have a couple to work with i'm i'm very happy to do that and i'm also happy to work with the individual if um you know it's like sometimes in a relationship people are kind of stuck in the pattern they've co-created and if both are willing to to have that investment and to move forward that's the ideal scenario and then you work with a couple but if only one person is deeply unhappy and wants to make a change then i work with that person to empower them to show them how can i break out of this pattern because pattern can only be maintained if both people keep dancing the same dance and ali i want to ask you the same thing because you get approached i'm sure by couples you know especially in this case where there's trust issues and then the, then there is this beautiful woman involved so how a how do you deal with that and secondly is it ever tough on you a situ you know when you get approached by something like that? no i think it's uh, i mean it's quite common uh, especially like in india where there's a lot of uh, arranged marriages um mm-hmm. and um uh anyways like sexual chemistry is not there in the first place it's something that people really like need to work on anyways like people who be married for i don't know 6 months but they are not even attracted to each other so um so initially yes if it's a heterosexual couple uh, there is some uh, sort of okay what is going to happen to my husband with this you know <laughs> woman here like she and some people are not comfortable at all so you have to work with their you know within their comfort zone some couples some women right. are being touched by me um you know if they're heterosexual some some men are not okay being touched in front of their partners but they want to do a session on their own so mm-hmm. it is things uh, do happen uh but ultimately again it's it's the way you communicate the way you address it within the couple like obviously you have like together sessions and then you have individual sessions uh, thank you um anvita i wanted to ask you so you know with this repeat sometimes when there's repeated issues of infidelity in a relationship and they come to you they try and work it out and then they go back and then it doesn't work they come back to you Do you ever say to them this is it stop now it's enough I think you know this idea that all couples counseling is to re- to keep the couple together actually is mm-hmm. not a fair one a lot of times couples would come and they would be undecided they would be exploring they might you know they might go through counseling and say the best thing for them is to separate than to stay together um and and as we were saying that the infidelity the multiple infidelity we were saying is a symptom i would make a parallel to it is just the way 
if a child is constantly acting out at school, we would turn around and say, it's a cry for help. Like, what are they looking for? And that's how I would see it in couples counseling as well. So you, you, you each time you're doing, repeating the same pattern. So obviously you're looking for something different. You're looking you're needing something different, you're wanting something different, or you're desiring something different. Um, and each time you're doing it, and if it is, you know, even if it is to hurt the other person, the the anger to hurt, like, where is that anger coming from? Where's that sadness coming from? Where's that um, coming from? So there's something happening emotionally. And the reality is maybe a relationship stopped working or whatever. And that's where what Ali was saying about you know, why are you staying in a relationship, you know, for the other partner, where somebody right. is repeatedly cheating? So now, and a lot of women, I agree with you, Anshu, I've spoken to a lot of people who might say, look, we've decided that this is the age and stage of life where um, I'm getting, you know, I get what I want. So do I really care what's happening and where the partner is going? Some people might say uh, they want to be in open relationships now and everything. And just building on that, Cassandra, I want to ask you something. So in today's day and age, there's all kinds of relationships, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, the modern family, the modern couple. Have you seen relationships where, or would you say you've seen healthy relationships where the couple have decided that they don't want intimacy. They don't want sexual intimacy. So they're together. There is companionship. There's friendship, but there's no sexual intimacy. Well, I, I, there's only really one instance where I think that works. That's if both partners are asexual to exactly the same degree. Otherwise, right. I would just call these people cohabiting friends. Right. Because it's right. like, for me, the difference between a friendship and an intimate relationship is sex. So I think what happens is that pretty much most relationships that I've ever seen, there is often a difference in sex drive or often a difference right. in how someone gets started to, to get interested in sex, like what starts the desire for someone or the other. And I see that a lot of people have not learned how to bridge that gap and translate it. And that's really where I think our work as educators comes in. It's again, being a translator and saying, well, yeah, so... You know, um, let's say someone has a very physical access to sexual energy. All they need to see is their partner is, is like naked or wearing some lingerie and they're ready to go. Right. And that's often right. an expectation we have of ourselves. But then let's say someone has a more cerebral approach to sexual energy. Mm -hmm. And for them, it's all about anticipation. What might mm -hmm. this mean? Maybe it's about power dynamics. Maybe it's about, you know, you have to make someone think about sex before the body follows. Now, if two people like that come together and they don't know that that's who they are, they both will feel flawed or both will feel like their partner is the wrong person. And so often, it's the same with different sex drives. Often the partner who has the lower drive sets the, sets the pace. And then the person who has the higher drive actually has a lot of themselves left on the shelf. Right. Can I just add one um, to that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you the next question, but go ahead. Actually, I disagree with you. There is a difference between uh, a friendship and an intimate relationship that might not be sexual because, again, it depends on the interpretation you have of sex. 
it could be like okay. touching someone and, and and experiencing pleasure in in a, in a body part that might not be your genitals for example but would you do that to your friend thank you ladies so to recap very quickly um let's talk about intimacy issues after infidelity ili what would you advise Yeah it's an yes. opportunity for you to understand what is it that you need want and where do you want this relationship to head to Thank you and any other advice Ili That's it opportunity see it as an opportunity and not a failure Thank you Anvita intimacy issues after infidelity any advice Um I think you know it takes a lot of work and I think that's what we've emphasized a lot uh communication trust building intimacy building and everything so um it's not the end you can restart um uh, but it is a long journey and um and it is a difficult journey so just being mindful of that when we, when you do start the journey Cassandra intimacy issues after in infidelity what would you advise ask yourself what is it that i really really want to be in a, in the kind of relationship what does it take for me to really be satisfied for me to want to engage with my partner for me to you know feel safe and secure in that relationship and really use that as a wake up for you to really examine what actually could great look like and then if your partner is willing to explore that with you to really be honest and see how compatible are we both when we're both laying our cards fully on the table we're both really showing up willing to work and prepared to like work and grow on this and then let's see where we get to and then then you can win it from a very informed place see if that's good enough or not for where you want to go thank you ladies for being part of this podcast Thank you to the listeners for listening in. I hope we've helped you. I hope you learned something new and that you're going to come back next week for more nuggets from us. Take care of yourself in the meanwhile and make sure to subscribe to Wellness Curated. Thank you. Mm-hmm.